Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, a show that tries to give you some knowledge and insight into career advancement, pretty much no matter what part of the employment spectrum you might fall on. With localjobnetwork.com radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma, and today's show is going to zero in on the decision to possibly alter your career path, including some advice and potential warnings from our guest, Tom Kipp, Director of Career Services for Cardinal Stritch University. Tom, thanks for coming in today. Well, thank you for having me, Tim. Good to have you. Uh, the first thing, basically, kind of give the listeners idea of where you're coming from. Uh, maybe just briefly describe your experiences, your, the skills that you use in regard to career counseling as a whole. Well, I've, I was actually kind of lucky. When I was a, uh, an undergrad at UW-Whitewater, I went through a, a major change. And um, changing my major, probably not a real unusual thing. Most students do it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went through that process, I actually was working with the Career Center there, and they gave me the opportunity to be a, a, a peer professional um, and I ran a career workshop during my senior year, which gave me a lot of insight into what people go through when they decide on their career. Uh, from that point, I actually decided to go into higher ed. Loved working on college campuses, helping people reach their potential. Um, did that for a number of years and then decided I just didn't want to stay in higher ed. Okay. So I, uh, I ended up moving to my hometown. Uh, I had a master's degree and in the area there wasn't really a, a lot of need for a master's degree. And I ended up doing some some career counseling with at-risk youth. Um, did that for a, a little while and then um, actually got promoted and worked with AFDC recipients um, providing the motivational and career development workshop for AFDC recipients. It was a mandatory program, um, so not real motivational, um, but it was really good experience for me. I moved on from that and uh, was working down in Lake County, Illinois, teaching teachers how to incorporate career development into the classroom. Okay. Um, and now for the last 12 years, I've been at Cardinal Stritch University, and it's a job that I love. Great. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of experience just kind of across the board as far as different points of the counseling, career development, that kind of thing. So that's that's great. Uh, you know, and now you're at Cardinal Stritch, and I know Stritch is pretty well acknowledged for having students who come there with a career change in mind. So that's why we kind of look to you guys for advice there. What are some of the reasons that maybe you've heard or come across that do motivate people to, I mean, that's a big decision, not just change jobs, but actually switch an industry or a skill that they're going into? Well, I think... A lot of times uh, people are coming, <laughs> income is one of the mm-hmm. things. They, they want uh, better earning potential. Um, a lot of times they've been in something for a while and they just realize that, that it isn't a good fit for them. Right. Um, sometimes it's, it's just that they've never really been able to complete a degree and so that's another reason. But I think the majority of those that we see in our non-traditional programs tend to be looking for uh, the opportunity to make some changes career-wise. Okay. So then have you seen or, or heard any numbers as far as the amount of people that tend to change careers? And I, I mean, I personally kind of went through that. Uh, it, se- it seems like it's more prevalent than people would think. Again, not just jobs, but actual careers. Have you seen any kind of numbers to back that up? You know, it's funny because... Uh, 
those numbers show up all the time, and mm-hmm. it seems like they're always different. But I think uh, looking at the data that we have, we see anywhere from three to maybe seven times people will change careers during their lifetime. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of the same numbers I saw from, you know, uh, Department of Labor, that kind of stuff. It seems yeah. like those numbers are pretty consistent. I mean, it's still, to me, a big number. I mean, even three times changing a career. Yeah. But I think it just goes to show that people who are in this boat, I mean, you're not alone. You can yeah. probably ask some friend that's done the same thing. And kind of along those lines with those reasons, I don't know if in talking to people or maybe just research you've done, are there certain reasons maybe that people have that end up being more of a challenge in trying to switch or less of a challenge as far as their motivation goes, whether it be money or, you know, a family situation, whatever? Is it more challenging, less challenging, depending on their motivation? Um, I think that's kind of a tough question because Mm -hmm. I think the biggest challenge is oftentimes when people choose to change a career, it's because they want to leave what they're doing now. Okay. That's really normal. Um, The challenge is when you're moving into something else, you have to be very, very clear that you're not running away from something, but you're running to something, that you're being intentional. And that seems obvious, but it's amazing what people, if they sit down and talk to you and desperation comes out really clearly. Sure. Um, So I think they've got to really think about why they're doing it. They've got to really do some planning, create a strategy, um, and that's just going to be really helpful. And you kind of touched on like the emotion side of it, whether it be desperation or even once they make that decision, maybe realizing, well, this is tougher than I thought. What sort of emotions have you maybe come across with people or had to I don't want to say, you know, help them with their emotional side, but what kind of things go into changing a career, whether it be thinking about the decision or you're now in the process of it and maybe you're thinking this is way different than I thought? Well, I think uh, there's uh, people go through a, a, a broad range because changing a career can be exhilarating, but it also requires persistence and you are constantly running the opportunity to be rejected. Mm. That's not easy. So if you're feeling a certain amount of desperation, that makes it a little bit harder. We often will work with people and we're dealing at times with depression, um, anxiety, um, frustration, because it doesn't always come as quickly as you want it to come. And so it's a matter of just keeping yourself positive, keeping yourself focused, and keeping yourself really busy and structured, actually. Okay. So when, I mean, say somebody is coming to you, and obviously they're going to express these things because you're helping them in different ways. Are there times where you've had to, I mean, give them suggestions as far as outside you, like maybe seeing someone professionally for their emotions or relying on family? I guess what kind of advice do you give to them in dealing with those emotions where maybe you guys don't feel you should be, you know, actually be the ones helping them in that situation? Well, when somebody comes in, one of the first things we do is we really go through and talk about where they're at and where they want to go and, and what strategy it is. Um, ideally, we, we really want to set up a strategy that looks at support systems. Sometimes we don't recognize the impact that the anxiety or the depression is having on somebody until further down the line. Mm -hmm. And then we will make referrals as it's appropriate. But we try to lay out some of the what they can expect through this process early on. And that makes it a little bit easier, I think. Oh, yeah, sure. 
Now, kind of switching gears a little bit to the more practical side of things, so to speak, have you found a correlation between maybe the difficulty or challenges that are faced when somebody maybe has only been in the workforce for five years as opposed to 10, 15? Are there specific you know, obstacles that different people have to face in regards to time or, or age? I don't know what maybe you've come across as far as that goes. I think... Um you know, with age comes a little bit more of, you know, I'm kind of set in my ways. Mm-hmm. And, and so I may not look at things as, as openly as I might when I'm younger. But I okay. think the strategies that people have to use are the same. And, and, you know, doing your research, connecting with people in the field you want to move into, mm-hmm. those, are, uh, those strategies are the same. But I think there is something. Sometimes people who have been in the field for a while, sometimes people who haven't been through job search in a while, right. that can be difficult. Now let's imagine then for a minute that somebody has, they made that decision, one reason or another, I got to make this change in my career. They come in by you guys. What is the absolute first step that has to be done? Otherwise, everything else is going to kind of be pointless in the long run. Well, I think they have to know themselves. They have to know what their interests are, what their skills are, what their abilities are, and what their values are. Because otherwise, the decision, if they're coming from a decision, there's so many reasons why somebody might change. But oftentimes, if they're coming from, this was just a bad career fit, it Mm -hmm. it just wasn't the right thing, they've got to be able to know why that was a bad fit and know why something else might be a better fit. So oftentimes we'll take them through an assessment process where we do look at those interests, skills, and values, explore personality, explore that once you've done that, once you've gone through that self-exploration, then you can start targeting industries and positions that might be a better fit. And I think that's a good point because you know, I've read different things and said a common mistake by people is that they just hated their job so much, not their career, but their job that that, you know, just pushed them over the edge and they went to change their career. And then they realized later, well, it, it wasn't the skills or the industry it was the actual job. I mean, have you come across times where you've had to almost tell someone, look, I, I think this is still the industry for you. You just need to find a different job. I mean, does that come up? That comes up often, actually. Okay. And, and sometimes... One of the things we see is oftentimes through that assessment process, we can identify that. And actually, when somebody's feeling desperate to get out of a situation, mm-hmm. once they start creating a plan, they find that their job actually gets better because they know where they want to go. Right. And one of the things we always talk about, and obviously it's different depending on the person and the, the position they're in, but we often talk about the first person you should talk to is a supervisor or somebody within the organization okay. to just let them know your frustration, where your frustration's stemming from, because there might be solutions that maybe you've been too timid to approach. Mm-hmm. I guess kind of on the other side of things, maybe someone was employed in you know, a layoff situation or they went back into the job force and they're not finding anything for one reason or another. Has that become more common, that a reason for change? Because obviously everyone sees the numbers of employment issues and not finding the right fit for, you know, skilled trades and all that kind of stuff. Um, How common is that for you guys that someone comes in because of a a situation of unemployment for one reason or another? We actually get that a lot. And in fact, I'm really proud of the fact at Stritch that um, in any given month, 20 to 30 percent of who we see are alumni. Okay. And... I always get nervous when I say that because 
uh, <laughs> you know, is is that because we haven't prepared right, them well enough? Right. <laughs> but I think we've developed a good relationship, and every time we work with alumni, we gain insight into whatever industry they're coming from, mm. and we become better at our job. To be real honest, the job search process is not necessarily easy. It requires people to go outside their comfort zone. It requires people to face rejection. Um, some people can take that really, really personally. And it's interesting because if you've got a good strategy, the process isn't so bad. In fact, it's exciting, it's exhilarating. But if you're not as prepared as you can be, that can be the worst process to have to go through in the world. And so, yeah, we do see that a lot, and, and that's what we work through a lot also. And you mentioned this kind of earlier and just kind of popped in my head again. Um, as far as having somebody, if you're changing a career and going into an industry, having some sort of mentor or somebody who, you know, really knows what it's going to entail, is that something that you guys try to set people up with or – do you encourage them to reach out on their own? Just as far as having somebody to really, you know, pick their brain and, and find out if that industry or career would be a fit. One of the most important things that I think people can do, and, and it's whether you're looking for a job or not looking for a job, I think we've got to realize that one of the important tools we have as professionals is talking to people, connecting with people, and then going out and doing some informational interviews. Um, and sometimes people aren't familiar with that concept, but that's when you are just going to get to know somebody on a deeper level, get to know why they appreciate what they're doing. Um, it's as simple as talking to a friend, finding out somebody who does something that's similar to what you may possibly want to do, setting up a conversation with that person um, and starting out and just say, you know, I'm, I'm exploring all the opportunities that are out there. One of right. the things that I'm interested in is your position. And I, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to just share some of your insights. I, I want to know if that'll be a good fit for me in the future. And that can be a really, really helpful tool. And as you do that, leave that interview by asking for three other contacts. Okay. Because by doing that, you become more of an expert in that field. If that's really where you want to go, mm -hmm. your job is to convince that future employer that you've got some insight into that field. That's the only way to get it is through personal contact. All right. So there may be that person that is currently employed and they're not, maybe they're thinking about switching careers. Maybe they have an interest somewhere else. As far as before they maybe would come into you and make that decision, are there little things that they could be doing to somewhat prepare themselves so that when they do jump into you know, that final decision to change their career, that they kind of hit the ground running where, you know, whether it be research, whether it be talking to people, what are the kind of little things you could do even before they'd come in to talk to, to somebody at Stritch or, or someplace else? I think, you know, just all of that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Doing research on the, on the web, um, connecting with people kind of paying attention to which companies sound interesting to you. What, when somebody's talking about what they like about their organization or what they like about their job, mm -hmm. ask them what it is about it. Get as specific as you can. Um, for some people, some people don't go that deep when they say they want to change jobs. They just want a better work environment. Okay. And so if that's what's really important to them, they need to know that. But then start researching you know, what are the types of work environment that are going to be important to me? Mm -hmm. and I guess kind of along those lines, when you're looking into that stuff, in talking about like skills and accomplishments that maybe somebody has, how are you able to or how can you help 
transfer those skills from one industry to another. As, a, as far as making yourself more marketable to an employer, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, I kind of went through that career change thing where I was in the media and was looking to go into teaching. So obviously things like writing and communication skills are helpful, but you have to find different ways to make them fit. How do you go about that? I mean, I know you mentioned an assessment before. Are there other tools that people can use or, or that Stritch uses to help out? I really think the informational interview is key. Mm. The more people you talk to within the industry, the more you'll be able to start seeing how your skills align. I think another really important tool is sitting down with somebody and actually running through an interview, um, doing a mock interview. Because, mm. And most universities provide that to their students and alumni. Um, in fact, we videotape our mock interviews, which is intimidating when you first <laughs> hear it, but it's also one of the best things you can do because what's going to happen is the interviewer will probably ask you tougher questions than what an employer will, right. but through their process, they're going to make the connections. This is what the employer is looking for. Okay. This is what skill sets, this is what you said. You know, And, and sometimes when we're in that interview situation, it's nervous. You know, you're you're nervous, and we don't always know how we react under pressure, and so we may give a response and not really realize what that response is saying. Right. So when you are able to see that on the videotape, you start to connect the dots and see what the employer is doing. The other thing is through that process, we can help make sure that as you talk about the skills that you have that you're able to use good examples of how you've used those skills in the past and choose examples that are going to fit where you want to go in the future. Right. I always say, you know, if you were going to go out for the local basketball team, you know, community league or something, you wouldn't do it without shooting a few hoops beforehand. If you're going to interview, it's worthwhile to actually interview in front of somebody mm -hmm. so that they can give you some really good feedback. And when you can see it, you see how it fits together. Yeah, I think that's a great tool because, I mean, the, just the handful of times I've interviewed for a job, I think most people leave thinking like, what did I really say or how, how did I look when I was doing it? Did I come across? So I think that I think that's a terrific tool, that mock interview, especially videotaping it so you can really see what you're doing when you're nervous or excited or passionate about something. So that, that sounds like a great tool. Now, obviously, with um, people changing careers, age can be a factor. And I'm not looking at it necessarily from the employee's or candidate's point of view, but I know it's a slippery slope in terms of age discrimination, but look, there are all factors that, that companies look at. How big of a concern is that for people when they are switching careers, say after even 10 years, uh, where you can see on their resume they've had X amount of years, when they may be graduated, so employers kind of put that date in mind. I mean, are there ways to combat that? Is it is it more of a focus on everything but that? How do you kind of you know, play that game, so to speak? Well, I, I guess... I think whenever you go into a job search, it's worthwhile to take a step back and say, okay, what are the strengths that I bring? Mm -hmm. And what are some of the perceived red flags that an employer might see? And when somebody is 40, 45, 50, they start wondering if it age is an issue. And, and we'll often see people on their resume eliminate dates on their education and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I think... You can't control somebody else's perception of your age, but the minute you try hiding or the minute you try not being upfront with that, mm -hmm. what's perceived is you're hiding 
or you must think you're too old. When I always say, if if somebody sees no dates on on education, right, they're probably saying, "Oh, this person thinks they're too old for the job," <laughs> and so you might as well just be upfront. But I think the other thing is, we have a preconceived idea that the resumes main focus is to be the, you know, the tool that opens the door. Mm -hmm. I really think we have to change that around. I think if there's any red flags that might be perceived, you want to open the door with with your energy and enthusiasm. You want to make a connection first and then have that resume be a backup. If you're 55 and you're trying to engage in a new um, field, you need to show them your enthusiasm for that new field. A piece of paper won't do it. Now, the piece of paper will back you up. Mm -hmm. But if that's your situation, you need to make that face-to-face connection any way you can. And the more people that you make a face-to-face connection with in an organization that you're interested in, the more they'll be talking about you. Sure. And I think that is important because even when I Started off in the media and was going to the teaching, you know, the emphasis I always got from when we did like mock interviews, stuff like that was to focus on, look, you're going, you're changing fields for a reason because you really do have a passion for it. And to kind of express that you have experience that the 25 year old doesn't or somebody right out of college doesn't. Um, I guess how much of a factor do you, do you think that should play? I mean, I mean, it sounds like the passion that you have for something experiences is pretty much what you want to put out there. Would that be accurate? I would say so. And, and the way that you demonstrate that passion when you're going in to a different career field is you've got to have talked to multiple people. Mm-hmm. When you can go in and say, well, I know your competitor does this, you know, why do you choose not to? Sure. You know, anytime you can you can open up the conversation and show them you're in, that you have done that research, it's going to help. And this is kind of a general, and maybe you don't have the you know what you would think is the perfect answer, but are there certain kind of general skills or personality traits that would make it a little easier for somebody to change fields? And again, it could be something general, communication skills. Uh, or a personality trait that, I mean, might be advantageous to somebody that they should try to pick up either before this process or in the middle of a process, or a certain personality trait. Obviously, there are people that tend to get more frustrated more quickly or aren't as open to criticism. I don't know how much of that goes into a factor, like with your assessments, uh, personality-wise or skill-wise. I would say, I, I don't know if it's a personality, but I think you got to know what you're looking at. Okay. You really have to sit back and, and evaluate. And I think if you, if you create kind of a structured strategy, that allows you to take some of the emotion out of it. Okay. You have to be persistent. You have to do your homework. Um, and then you have to put yourself out there. So, and it's interesting because we deal with personality all the time and any personality can make changes and they can do it really successfully. Uh, but there are some steps that are going to make it easier. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're aware of those steps and really respect that process, you'll be able to do it. And maybe there is somebody out there right now who's struggling with that decision to change careers or maybe they're in the process and there's still, you know, some uh, apprehension about it, some frustrations maybe. What, uh, 
I mean, what kind of advice would you give to them or maybe direct them somewhere? I mean, obviously we have you guys at, at Stretch to help, but um, any other sort of resources or people that even you you guys have suggested or um, kind of led people to? Well, I think any school, um, any any tech school or any four-year institution has a career services office that's designed to help their students and their alumni. And so I would use that as a resource. Uh, the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development has good professionals that can help. Um, we've referred oftentimes, depending on age, um, to 40 plus of uh, southeastern Wisconsin. They've got a support network that can be really, really helpful. And I think the, the thing is you just want to make sure that you're connected because going through a career change really does mean that you've got to connect beyond yourself. You've, you can't do it if you're just going to rely solely on yourself. You've got to be able to have support services. So um, if you do have an affiliation with any college or, or university, I would, I would use them first. Okay, great. Good advice. Well, that's pretty much going to wrap things up for us today. Um, hopefully here on Moving Up the Ladder, you're able to take away some, some nuggets from our conversation with Tom Kipp from Cardinal Stritch University. Thanks again for coming in here today, Tom. Thank you. And of course, it's always great to hear from you. So please drop us an email with any comments or suggestions. You can send that to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma, and you've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio. <laughs>